0: If we put this on the podcast, we're going to open a donate link so y'all can donate to uh, getting us a studio for this podcast because we're recording in our cars and this is terrible every time.
1: Are we recording right now? Welcome to the Middle Class to Millionaires podcast, a no-nonsense show designed to help you punch fear in the face and create the life you've always dreamed of. Now, here are your hosts, Vince and Christian
0: we're recording right now hey everyone and welcome to middle class to millionaires i'm your amazingly handsome host vince with my mostly handsome co-host christian
1: actually more handsome
0: (laughs) uh no homo we're both married and (laughs) have kids so (laughs) oh all right well um remember that last podcast when we said we would get consistent with this
1: yeah well man i mean for me these past two weeks have been slammed but
0: yeah i've just been watching uh, blues clues so nothing much going on here
1: <laughs> no no blues clues for me not yet
0: kidding kidding no you don't want to watch that stuff dude they're we're not going to get into politics here but they're indoctrinating kids now so that's awesome anyway uh yeah, so we're back with another one for you. I've been a little busy um, buying a storage facility next Monday, finishing up a flip, God willing, tomorrow that will pay for the down payment for the storage facility.
1: Uh, Christian
0: nuts. is buying a house in Grapevine. Yeah. And, and uh, what's up? What's the up latest with your storage facility? You want to clue the clue the listeners in here with some your cool updates and... Uh, if you're keen to sharing the numbers we talked about
1: yeah yeah um so uh as of uh as of this week added another 600k in value to the facility did so by because when i purchased it 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 had a um, full-time site manager making probably about 40k around there and i was paying payroll tax and all that good stuff so I don't know somewhere, somewhere around the low for forty one or forty two thousand a year. So whenever you you know take that forty two, add it to the bottom line, multiplied by the cap rate, you're looking at around I think close to six hundred k in uh, in value there. Now the the manager left me with about a week of, of notice to get everything running remotely because I wasn't uh, prepared to run remotely. Um, you know, I was really Thinking, you know, maybe she'd be there for the entire year. Or so, um, but I've implemented a lot of change to get the facility running way more efficiently. And sometimes people uh, don't uh, don't jive with the change. So, um, yeah, I mean, this past week, I've I've been over there multiple times. I've been I've skipped lunch three times that past. I never skip lunch. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, it's just been, it was really hectic last week, but got it up and running about a week. Everything's getting a little bit, uh, run a little bit smoother, getting some things worked out here and there, but yeah. So it, it's been great. I mean, you know, can't complain about 600 K in value.
0: Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, a week, a week of time for almost well over half a million dollars in net worth is, uh, not a, not a, not a bad week's worth. Yeah. Week's work. That's right.
1: Definitely. And uh, closing on that on that grapevine house uh, should be Thursday. We figured out that situation, and they're gonna they're gonna pay for an extended stay for the tenant and moving truck and stuff. So nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. Well, um, what are we talking about
1: today? Today we're gonna be diving in uh, more so of an intro to Texas. Uh, tax advantages, anyway, uh, via real estate. So it'll be fun.
0: Yeah, and before you turn us off, <laughs> you want to stay tuned to this, because this is how, and, and you know, if you're going to get butthurt with what I'm about to say, I'm sorry, but this is how the rich get richer. So uh, if you want to be wealthy for whatever your why is, you want to keep listening.
1: And at least one of the ways that the wealthy get wealthier, yeah. Yeah, well,
0: yeah. and one of the huge ways, I I think.
1: Yeah, so we'll start with ah uh, start it off with a quote. Hardest thing in the world to understand is income taxes, and that's by my boy, Albert Einstein, who's not allowed. <laughs> Still my boy. Yeah, <laughs> y'all yeah, went to high school together. Yeah, we went to high school. Yeah, good dude. All right, so uh, quick facts for you: worldwide, the average person pays thirty to fifty per- percent or more of their income in taxes, uh, whether it's through um sales value add payroll state property property tax uh that is quite a large percentage now before we continue i am not a cpa or a tax consultant please note that every situation <laughs> what happened nothing i was laughing okay well, that's what I was your, i'm not a financial advisor Bill. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah i am not a CPA or tax consultant, and everyone's situation is different, and these strategies will vary. So make sure you consult with your tax advisor and/or CPA to make sure whatever is right for you is being done. Uh, so you may not realize this, but tax laws are actually written to reduce your taxes, uh, not increase them. No, uh, in fact. No way. Yeah, yeah. So there are over 5,800 pages of tax law and only 30 are devoted to raising them. So what does this mean? That means if you actually know what, you know, if you dig in, do some research, learn, uh, you you too can learn how to reduce your or how much you're paying in taxes. Um, Uh And one thing I will say uh, when picking a CPA... Uh, many tax advisors are more afraid of tax law uh, than they are. They have, they have more of a interest in, in protecting themselves than they do in helping you pay little to no taxes. Now we're not saying do anything illegal or shady. It's not legal illegal or shady. It's written in clear text. They're just uh, a good majority of them are um, afraid and are super conservative. Um, and then you still have to yeah, pay them. they don't
0: want to get audited things like that.
1: Huh?
0: I said they don't want to get audited and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then they still collect the fat check at the end. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, pro tip, fastest way to put money in your pocket is to reduce your taxes. Don't wait for the year end either. Uh, it's important to be uh, speaking with your tax advisor throughout the year and trying to focus on different strategies to help reduce uh, your taxes. So, with that, uh, I believe we can start into our first topic, Mr. Vince.
0: All right, first topic. So, deductions. So, this is uh, this is I feel like pretty common knowledge, but um, we're still going to walk you through it because it's it's things that you can it all. the 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 end goal is to reduce your taxable income. So that's what we're getting at here. So in specifically real estate but this is pretty much uh applicable to most businesses but we'll just talk about real estate uh the biggest tax advantage in investing in real estate is the ability to deduct certain expenses uh related to the property that you own or multiple properties or even uh flipping houses uh one of the great things about flipping houses within s corp is uh the type of capital gains that you pay and christian can talk about that later in a second but um Regarding deductions, I mean, you can literally write off almost anything that you can think of. Yeah. You can write off property tax, your property insurance, the mortgage interest, any property management fees that you might pay, uh, property repairs, capital improvements, ongoing maintenance, advertising expenses. Uh, I mean, the list is, is endless. Advertising expenses are you know, anything that you're doing to find off-market leads, if you're doing uh, creating business cards, if you made a sign for your office, uh, you can even, if if hopefully your CPA knows this, you can deduct a certain percentage of your cell phone bill. Even if it's paid through your personal dollars, you can deduct a certain percentage of that for your business because you're using a certain percentage of your phone for your business. Same thing with your home office. Yeah, Uh, I think my office downstairs is, uh, I don't know, like 12 by 14 or something. Yeah, so you take the square footage of your office and you can deduct that based on the square footage of your total home. I mean, it's crazy. You can deduct uh, your CPA. if So our, we both share the same CPA. So I we are both able to deduct our bookkeeping and our CPA's expenses uh, from the business. I had to, both of us have ha- had to hire an attorney at some point or even recently to form our original LLC or multiple LLCs. So you can deduct those costs. Uh, Laptop. I had to get a new laptop this year. So that is a business deduction. Um, I mean, I'm going to go over this list. I mean, it's just a lot. Like, I had to get a PO box for the storage facility facility that we're buying. Deduction. Travel expenses. Mileage. This is a huge one. This is like huge, huge. So depending on how much you drive, Christian's probably going to get a gazillion miles for his multiple thousands of trips to Athens this year uh and that's how many hours away it's an hour and a half yeah so probably what 75 150 miles round trip
1: uh it's actually 88 miles oh round trip Uh, yeah about about uh. 190 ish uh, yeah 180 somewhere on there
0: yeah so all the all the trips to your storage facility all the trips to uh home depot good golly molly i probably got a billion of those all the trips to your uh I mean, anywhere, anything business-related, you can deduct. Um, and this is another one I like. I just found out this. So prior to two, 2021, that's what you're in, right? <laughs> prior to 2021, uh, you could only deduct 50% of your meal expenses as, a tax, as a, a tax deduction. As of 2021, your meal expenses, business expenses, business meal expenses, sorry, are 100% tax deductible. Nice. So, that's just huge because, you know, my wife and I are, are owners of our S-Corp and our future LLC for the storage. So, you know, anytime we go to dinner and business comes up, well, that's a business meeting. <laughs> uh, education and memberships. Yeah. So, I use uh, Amazon Prime to buy a lot of our stuff for our flips. So, that's a business expense deduction. Education, uh, as far as uh, we have an Audible account that I listen to, ebooks or I listen to books on to educate myself, deduction. I mean, almost anything you can think of as business related, this these are deductions against your taxable income. And why is this important? Let's just say your, um, your total income is $100,000, right? And you have $20,000 of expenses. Well, you would normally think, well, I'm gonna be taxed on $100,000. Well, false. You're gonna be taxed on the $100,000 minus the $20,000 in expenses. So you're saving yourself from being taxed $20,000. Let's just say for simple math, you're in a a 20% tax bracket. Well, on $100,000, you'd be taxed $20,000. So instead of being taxed 20,000, you're taxed 20% on 80,000, which is only 16,000, which saves you four grand in taxes that you would have actually had to pay. So deductions are huge. You should write off every single thing that you can possibly think of that's related to your business. Okay, I'm done with deductions.
1: You're up next, sir. That's good. So, uh, uh, one other thing I'll touch on is uh, um, W-2 individuals have very little that they can deduct, and business owners have a long list of what they can deduct. Um, you know, whether it's an LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp, um, and while you know, so so you'll see a lot of these stories of of wealthy business owners or companies um, paying little to nothing on taxes and then they scream tax evasion uh, no, no, Not the case at all it's just, yeah it's just they're more educated on it and they know how to utilize it um and actually uh you know the reason that there's all these deductions for for um business owners is is what it is 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 the the government is trying to encourage certain activities and so uh, a good a great economic a communist Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Milton Friedman Mm -hmm. once said that if you want more of something, subsidize it. So, um, you know, these activities, they bring job creation, affordable housing, opportunity zones that are that are improved, um, you know, able to produce food and energy. And so when when businesses bring all these things, they're rewarded with uh, tax advantages because that's the easiest way to do it. Um, Yeah. And then we'll, so we'll talk about, you know, uh, we're going to talk about S-Corps LLCs. Um, so like I said, can I, uh,
0: can I chime in real quick? Sure. So to the, to what you said a minute ago about reducing, you know, how much you actually pay in taxes and it's all legally, you know, people, people got up in a, their panties in a wad whenever, you know, uh, Donald Trump supposedly paid you know nothing in taxes or barely anything in taxes as if this is something like new, it's not new at all. People have been doing this for as long as there's been a tax code. Uh, And it's all through what we're about to talk about. You know, I'm I'm not going to tell you what percentage I actually paid in taxes, but I will tell you someone I know personally who has an S-Corp paid 1.7% in taxes. This person is a six-figure earner and paid 1.7% in taxes. All legally by all these things that we're talking about. Yeah. And people are like, well, you should pay your fair share and blah, blah, blah. Now, if you're listening to this and you think you should pay your fair share, this might not be the podcast for you. So maybe yeah. just end it here. <laughs> just call it a day. Um, but I believe in paying to Caesar. What is Caesar's? Just like Jesus said in, I think it was Mark. Funny thing, actually. I popped open my Bible this morning and uh, it happened to be in Mark, which I don't remember reading because I mostly read my uh, Bible on my phone but it talked about paying to Caesar what is Caesars and that is all true and that is all fine and dandy and we we pay the taxes that we are uh, legally supposed to pay so I just want to say that like whatever we're supposed to pay I am happy to pay what I'm supposed to pay but if there is a tax code and laws written for me to pay less in taxes well by golly I'm gonna pay less in taxes because that's more in my pocket for me and my family to do the things that we want to do and help the people that we want to help. I digress.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, yep, that's it's super true. Uh, why not take advantage um, of it? So cool. we're going to go over uh, LLC and S Corp right quick. Uh, it, just in simple terms, an LLC is a limited liability corporation. Uh, it's just what it means is just how you structure. A business while an S Corp addresses how a company pays taxes. Now, both entities do protect the investors, or, oh, well, I'm not gonna say they 100% protect the investors' personal assets, but they do put a blanket there for protection um, uh, f- protection from foreclosure, personal injury, uh, if someone wants to sue you. LLC and S Corp, they both allow for the separation of personal and business assets and provide what's called a pass-through asset distribution to owners and or shareholders. So the difference between the two has to do with their tax implications. For taxation purposes, the IRS automatically designates an LLC either as a sole proprietorship or as a partnership, depending on the number of owners, that is. And uh, as an LLC, you can elect to become an S-Corp or a C-Corp. Uh, just depending how your business is structured. Um, so kind of what does that mean for for you? Um, as an S Corp, you're taxed on your salary. So for example, um, y- you know, if you're active in real estate, you could be taxed as a real estate professional and taxed on the median salary of a real estate pro- professional, which could be, let's just call it, Forty forty thousand dollars a year, um, and so it, the with the S corp, it's based on a dividend structure, and the dividends are based on a different rate than income, and do not include self employment taxes. Where you could win with this is, you know, let's just say you're flipping a bunch of houses a year, uh, you're making a hundred k, and your salary that you pay yourself. Um, or any other business partner you have within that S-Corporation uh, is taxed on that $40,000 as your median salary. And the remainder of that uh, is, is um, in dividends.
0: So Also called distributions.
1: Yeah, and, dis- and distributions. It's whatever you take out um, as well.
0: Which is my favorite part of the S-Corp, which if you don't talk about, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, an S corp is pretty awesome. It really, it really helps you, um, you know, tax-wise, uh, as far as a business owner. Uh, so you know, it allows you to pay lower self-employment taxes, as I said, and um, it's a different tax rate on the uh, distributions and/or dividends. A um, couple things with the S corp: there can only be a maximum of hundred shareholders. They have to be U.S. citizens, um, and you're supposed to be having uh, minutes of meetings about the S Corp and uh, stuff. You know, different different laws like that, similar to a nonprofit organization. Um, So let's just say you have maybe you have some rental income from a property or two, and you want to protect your assets. Then you might consider you know keeping a, a LLC. But if your goals involve something where you're purchasing, building, flipping, or subdividing multiple properties, an S corp would probably better suit you. Uh, you can take a, you can pick. I mean, this would go with your CPA, or would be based on what your CPA considers a uh, safe uh, salary ratio. Um, but you can elect a reasonable income from the business.
0: Yeah, and what I like about uh, this, this little topic here is the distributions part. This is, I think, one of the biggest parts of having an S-corporation. I mean, there's a gazillion things more. If you want to read more on why S-corps are probably the greatest single thing that you could do for your business, there's a book called Incorporate and Grow Rich that you should drop everything you're doing right now and read. Um, but what Christian was saying, you know, uh, for my tax purposes, I am considered a real estate agent. So, the average salary of a real estate agent in DFW is between like thirty and 40000 So, I pay myself around that amount. And then, um, depending on your CPA, some of them like to be really conservative. I kind of push, push it a little. Your CPA will probably want you to take a one-to-one ratio in salary and distributions. Meaning, if you take a $40,000 salary, you should only take $40,000 in distributions to be safe and not be audited. Because then... The reason why you might be audited is if you're taking a $40,000 salary, but then taking $120,000 in distributions, the IRS might – that might flag you to be audited. And they're like, well, if if you're paying yourself basically $160,000, your salary should be more. So then they're going to adjust what your salary is, and then you got to pay taxes on that. And if you're not prepared, that's going to be a nice tax bill. So what I like to do is do like a one-to-two ratio, which is a little bit – on the less conservative side, I probably would not suggest it for you if you aren't a risk taker. <laughs> um, but the, the thing what Christian was saying is you don't pay self-employment taxes on the distributions and that can be huge, um, which is another way that I'm able to pay you know, less in taxes per year is because I take distributions outside of my salary. And as a two member uh, uh, S Corp, my wife and I, I can pay her a salary and then she can take distributions so if I let's just say hypothetically I wanted to take two hundred thousand dollars out of our company every year, but still pay a low salary, I would pay you know myself and my wife maybe the same salary and take the same in distributions, and then we're still saving thousands upon thousands in taxes. Um, but for more info on that, I would check out Incorporate and Grow Rich. That can give you more in depth than just our little uh, overview right now.
1: Yeah, and consult your CPA and or tax advisor.
0: Uh, at all times in your attorney. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. All right. So because I'm
0: not giving you any advice right now, financial advice at all. This is strictly my opinion and it is not, uh, to be taken as advice. Yep. Me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So all this is just, you know, different strategies that you can talk to your person about and see if it'll work for you. All right. So the next thing we'll cover is probably, uh, you know, king of all the deductions, depreciation. Mm. Our friend. Our, yeah. So, what is depreciation? Simply put, uh, it's a reduction in value of an asset with the passage of time. Due in particular, it's due to particular. I'm sorry. It's due to wear and tear. So, for example, residential, you get 27 and a half years. Commercial, you get 39 years. So, you know, basically the IRS says uh, the the building over that time uh, span of time will, you know, get get all this wear and tear. So you, you know, you can write it off uh, as percentages via uh, depreciation. For example, uh, let's use a residential property that cash flows twelve thousand dollars. You are able to take a total deduction of thirty-eight thousand and now your property takes what's called a paper loss. So even though you're making a net on the property, on paper, you're taking a loss, and that loss is $12,000, so you get the 38 minus 26, and then you use this 26 as an annual loss against other income. Uh, For easy math, let's just say your tax bracket is 40%. Um, So you take that 26,000 that you took the annual loss on, and you multiply it by that tax bracket. And now you have $10,000 you saved on paying taxes. Uh, you can do this on residential. You can do this on commercial. Um, and all these deductions come from what that big long list that Vince mentioned earlier. Property management fees, property repairs, advertising expenses, legal, professional fees, travel expenses, education, meals, business, phone, charitable, charitable donation, home office and one i'm using this year is uh, section 179 which is um what it is essentially is getting a vehicle that has a gross vehicle weight rating of over six thousand pounds uh using one uh, section 179 you can write off the entire amount if you if you like within the first year um huh. so beautiful I, I, yeah i picked up a uh uh F250 which actually got stuck in the mud yesterday so that was fun. <laughs> oh, did you get to get pulled out by a Toyota? No, I got pulled out by a a, a wrecker. Oh, like mm. I was in, I was in deep deep. Like I was it's been raining these past like 2 weeks straight, 2 months it feels like. Yeah, seriously. So uh anyways, um it's a pretty cool pretty cool uh tax advantage section 179 you can use it on like Escalades uh Tesla X, anything that weighs or that's over that 6,000 gr- gross vehicle weight rating there. Um, yeah, and if you're
0: wondering if you can use it on a 2010 Tundra Crew Max, uh, unfortunately, no, you cannot, because my truck only weighs 5,600 dang pounds. So.
1: Yeah, Oops. well, also, there's some rules that, you know, it has to be put in to use the same year you're, you're uh, taking it against your taxes. And you can't have owned it prior as personal uh, or you know proof of of it being personal before you implement into into business if that makes sense. Um, yep. And then you can further reduce your taxes with with what's called a cost segregation study. And basically, what this is is a it's a tax strategy that allows real estate owners to utilize accelerated appreciation deductions to increase cash flow. And reduce any federal and state income taxes they pay on their rental income. And basically this is done by like, so the, there's these companies out there that do these cost seg uh, studies. And of course you have to pay them a fee. I mean, last I got one quoted, I think it was around five grand or so. Compared to regular straight line depreciation, uh, the tax savings are way, way more. Um, I think I think they did a estimate on uh, my facility. And I think they said the cost seg uh, possibly could be around 60K on the depreciation uh, based on, you know, purchase price and whatnot. Um, So what they do is they basically like reclassify uh, certain interior and exterior components of uh, the building. Like I said, commercial, 39 years, residential, 27 and a half. Um, And then, uh, you know, they take personal property uh land improvements that are depreciated over five, seven, or fifteen years. And they put it all together in in this study. They have like a team of qualified engineers and CPAs, and and then they further reduce your taxes. So like for example, we'll do a quick scenario. Uh, scenario A, Jane Doe, who is in the 24% tax bracket, she buys a 24-unit apartment building for a million dollars. She places it into service in 2018 and she doesn't utilize a cost seg study. So her CPA determines that the building is depreciated over uh, 27 and a half years, which uh, it should be 39 for commercial, but uh, allowing her to take $29,000 as an annual depreciation expense. Her income and expenses were as follows she will have to pay taxes on the $90,000 received from the property. However, the depreciation expense reduced her tax liability by almost $7,000. And since depreciation is a non-cash expense, Jane will still have the $29,000 in cash. So that's scenario A. Now, this is scenario B with a cost seg study. Um, They find that the value of the property is broken down as follows. Uh, Jane can take 100% bonus depreciation on the five-year property and land improvements in the first year. So the building is still depreciated over over that that asset's time frame allowing for an annual depreciation deduction of 13k now this gives her a total depreciation deduction in year 1 of $453,000 now let's look at it based on her income uh situation so she will net a loss in year 1 of $333,000 that means she will not have to pay any federal huh. state taxes on the 120,000 of net income that's $28,000, so 120,000 times the 24% uh, for her tax bracket and tax savings, plus the remaining $333,000 in uh, loss that can be carried forward in offset income in future years. So, <laughs> now you know, you might wow. be saying, Yeah, exactly, you might be saying, Man, that cost seg is $5,000 in fees for the company. But if you look at the scenario A and scenario B, it it is way, way worth it. And if you have, you know, especially commercial real estate, uh, definitely look into doing a cost seg study. Um, Now, one thing to note is that depreciation does not last forever. Like I said, residential 27 and a half years, commercial 39. So what happens is if you decide to sell the property uh, over the appraisal value, you have to uh, pay back that. What, what they call a depreciation recapture at sale. So what happens is depreciation amount is regained and taxed as ordinary income with a max percentage of 25%. Uh, now, of course, there are different methods to avoiding that uh, depreciation recapture. Uh, you can do what's called a 1031 exchange, uh, which hopefully they don't go anywhere anytime soon. I don't think they will, but you know, you never know. But for right now, we'll say that they still exist. And we can uh, jump into those if you don't have anything, Mr. Vince. No,
0: that's no, that's great. Yeah. Okay. So thirty-one. Yeah, that's all you. These. uh I don't think these are going to go away, no matter who's in office, because Republican or Democrat, there are wealthy people that would destroy America if this went away.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at the the, the individuals that are, you know, in 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 government. A good portion of them own real estate. Doesn't matter what your beliefs are, they own real estate, and of course, nobody wants the thing to help you not pay taxes uh, to go away. So we'll talk about uh-huh.
0: ten.
1: Yep, we'll talk about ten thirty one real quick and what it is. Uh, so in real estate investing, there is a way to defer the taxes paid on capital gains. That is called a ten thirty one exchange. Uh, it, it can be a little complex. Um, there's a couple rules and deadlines that you have to follow in order to qualify for the exchange tax deferment. So the first thing you need to know is the type of transaction that the IRS qualifies for the 1031. It's called a, it might also be known as a like uh, like kind exchange. So uh, essentially, if you're, let's just say you have a, a house that you're selling for 200K and you're trying to get into some other property um you know whether it be commercial or a few different like a, a small portfolio of residential uh that those prices or what you pay for the price of the new like kind exchange needs to be uh, at least what you sold it for if that makes sense um so for i can give you a quick Another quick example: You sell a duplex and purchase a small apartment building. Property does have to be used for business or investment purposes. So, uh, you know, you can't you can't try to do a 1031 and try to live, ah, uh, live in the property. I think there used to be some some different things that you could do to get around that, but for for this purpose, we'll just do it for business reasons. What you're doing when you sell the property, you're rolling your proceeds from the sale into the new investment property, and you can't do the 1031 exchange on your own. You have to have uh, an intermediary, and they essentially hold all the funds of the sale, and you can't use those those proceeds to do whatever you want. Like You can't go buy a new car with those sales. They have to stay uh, in place and then get rolled into your your new property. Now you might, you might refinance that new property to get some money out, but during the 1031, you cannot touch those proceeds. Um, so this could be like the qualified intermediary could be like an escrow officer. Uh, some there's companies that specialize in 1031. Yeah. And then as far as the deadlines go, one of the things that kind of puts a, a, a damper on the 1031, in my opinion is, uh, you have 45 days to identify that next property now this can hurt you especially depending on the market that you're looking in because everything could there could be very low supply and then you get stuck with a a bad deal cuz you have to you have those you have to identify those that next property in 45 days and then you have 180 days to close that property after you calendar days that is uh, after you've identified um, that property. So as you can see, uh, there's some time constraints and if you don't find the best deal, you might get stuck, uh, with a deal that's not, uh, the best. So,
0: yeah. Or a workaround could be, you know, a simple, I mean, not a simple, obviously nothing is ever simple in real estate. Um, finding a property that you want and then making it contingent upon, you know, 1031 wanting the other property. Kind of like, you know, when you buy a house and you make your offer contingent upon selling your house, you could probably do the same in commercial real estate. You just might have to make a little bit stronger offer to entice a seller to want to wait for you to sell your other property and then turn 1031 it into their property.
1: Yeah, now that, yeah, that's all dependent on if you sell the previous property. And if you don't, then you're kind of uh, stuck there. So. Um, but anyways, you don't pay, you don't pay, you, you know, those taxes get deferred and, you know, you, you can use this as a tax planning strategy where you, you never, you just either keep rolling at 1031 or you die and your, um, your heirs inherit the property and it goes down to the, uh, the, it doesn't, you, they don't collect that basis that you were, uh, being taxed on. So it, it's the step down basis uh, for them. What else you got there Mr. Vince?
0: No, I think that's it man. I uh while we were talking I um I did a little googling of some of some quotes on taxes. Uh you know, you, you you're the quote king. I got a couple quotes sleeves here. Um this is just a funny one. this year so the government can give it to people that don't work as hard as you. <laughs> it's funny because you know, all, one of the reasons why we like to keep money in our pockets by paying less taxes is because we feel like we're able to manage our money better than the government is and if you need an example of that the current u.s debt i think is 27 trillion dollars uh with a t uh, not a b not a m trillion 27 trillion dollars in debt uh i'm not going to go into my financial situation but i can just tell you i'm nowhere near 27 trillion dollars in debt and even uh, on a on a lower level our debt is mainly um just our business debt as far as real estate properties that we own and then uh another one another important topic here i think take these lessons and i feel like me personally you know if you're homeschooling obviously you get to determine what you teach your kids but if your kids are going to public school they're not going to be taught this stuff they're not going to know how to balance a checkbook not that hardly anyone uses them anymore but it's still you know the uh, principle behind it but these things that we're talking about are, are legacy building things that you should you should not only be doing for yourself to create your wealth, but generational wealth that you should hand down to your kids so that they, they don't have to uh, follow the, you know, go to school and get a job path, you know. Um, and I, another little funny quote that I've heard before is, the best way to teach your kids about taxes is by eating 30% of their ice cream. Uh, that's a Bill Murray quote, supposedly, I think I've seen it attributed to someone else, but Uh, You know, I think these are just simple things uh, that we should be teaching our kids as they grow up, even at such a young age. You know, Andy Frisella, if you're not familiar with him, his part, his podcast is, uh, I just won't even say it. Just look up Andy Frisella. He's, he's, um, he's like Gary V on steroids as far as the language goes, but he's got so much good info. And this is kind of ironic. He created some kids books that are totally PG uh, on like teaching your kids uh, these lessons in in business and, and taxes and entrepreneurship. So these are things that like, you can start teaching your kids as early as probably four, like some of these books I was looking at today, actually on Amazon, and they're recommended four and up. My daughter is about to turn four next month. I'm probably going to buy some of these books and start reading them to her, even if she doesn't fully comprehend it to get these things, these principles flowing so that she has this mindset that you don't have to just go to school and get a job. Like that's not the path that everyone's, on, and, and uh, I'm going off on a little tangent, so forgive me, but I'm just trying to get, cir- I'm moving circle back, as you know, what's her face says. This is all, these are all things that we we feel like are, are important to building wealth and generational wealth, and for me personally, uh, that we should teach our kids,
1: so. Did you want to close this out? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so, you know, we can recommend a few uh, resources. I think Vince mentioned uh, Incorporate and Grow Rich. You can read, uh, uh, I know uh, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's tax advisor, uh, his name is uh, Tom Wheelwright, has uh, a good intro book into taxes and it covers all kinds of stuff, including tax um, advantages involving, you know, investing in oil and gas and, and how to get tax uh, benefits from employing your, your kids in your business and different things like that. Uh, so check out his book, and then he has a second book. That book, that book is called Tax Free Wealth, by the way. Yeah, and he has a second one called Why the Rich Are Getting Richer, I think. Yep, that's. Uh, yeah, that's like a the mat the. Yeah, uh, why the rich are getting richer. The grad school version of the the first book uh, by Tom Wheelwright. Yeah, the book covers uh, something known as uh, phantom income, basically utilizing uh, someone else's. Uh, Capital to let's just say buy buy something and those the capital the taxes on that capital have already been paid so you're not paying the taxes on that capital which therefore increases your return a lot of different little things like that that you learn in that book uh, but another good one to to read and uh, there's tons of different tax books out there that you could pick up Uh, the only advice is just to actually take the action and do it. And learn how to put more money in your pocket um, and continue to grow. So, uh, with that, uh, we thank you for listening to our podcast, listening to us talk, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. This episode of the Middle.